Good afternoon, fellow patriots. This is Matt Shea, and welcome to Patriot Radio, broadcasting live from deep inside the heart of the future Liberty State. Brought to you once again by On Fire Ministries. In the legacy of Dr. Stan Monteith, bringing you the story behind the story and the news behind the news, where it's not about right or left, it's about right and wrong. It's about our hope not being in man, but in Jesus Christ. About not ending in prayer, but moving to action. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Father, deliver us from the evil one. Welcome to Patriot Radio. Good afternoon, Eastern Washington and fellow patriots. This is Matt Shea. And thank you for joining us today on a very packed Patriot Radio. We have the almost war with Iran just yesterday coming up. Also current geostrategic events and analysis and Trump's massive win in Iowa yesterday. And finally, we're going to hear from one of the greatest journalists of our time, Alex Newman on Patriot Radio. We try to break news faster, more often, and more accurately than the larger networks because our heart is for you and your families to be prepared for the times ahead and the times that are already upon us. No fear. We were made for this. And that brings us now to the Bible teaching today. And I want to take a moment and just ask all of you, please share Rumble Share us on Telegram, share us on Facebook and everywhere else in between, and make sure you also follow us on all of those platforms and subscribe. It helps us to beat the censorship, and it's working. Uh, We have seen massive growth here on the different platforms that we're on, and thank you for that, all of you. Let's keep going, getting the truth out. Now, it's an interesting passage, and I was reading the other day, it stuck out to me in my prayer time. I felt like I just needed to share with all of you what happened. And we're going to be reading out of our Bibles today in Isaiah 11. Then it will happen on that day that the Lord will again recover with his hand the second time. Do you hear this? The second time. The remnant of his people who will remain from Assyria, Egypt, Pathros, Cush, Elam, Shinar, uh, Hamath, And from the islands of the sea, I found that fascinating as well. And he will lift up a flag for the nations and assemble the banished ones of Israel and will gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Then the jealousy of Ephraim will depart and those who harass Judah will be eliminated. This seems to speak to the creation of Israel in 1947, and the civil war that happened after that. But I want you to hear the next piece. Ephraim will not be jealous of Judah, and and Judah will not harass Ephraim. In other words, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom are united once again. They will swoop down on the slopes of the Philistines on the west. That is Gaza, everyone. Together they will plunder the people of the east. They will possess Edom and Moab. You're talking about the areas of the West Bank and beyond. And the sons of Ammon will be subject to them. And the Lord will utterly destroy the tongue of the sea of Egypt. And he will wave his hand over the Euphrates River with his scorching wind. And he will strike into seven streams and make people walk over in dry sandals. That is a a 
passage that is also mentioned later in Revelation. And it says this, And there will be a highway from Assyria for the remnant of his people who will be left, just as there was for Israel on the day that they came up out of the land of Egypt. In other words, that's a very clear allusion to the Red Sea crossing. Here's what I want to just tell you right now. This war in the Middle East is by no means over, and it looks very likely it will expand even more than we've already documented here on Patriot Radio. So why, why do I bring this up right now? Because shipping has to go around the Horn of Africa, and this is going to create an increase in the price of goods. In addition to that, the price of gasoline. And in addition to that, there may be a war actually with Iran directly and not its proxies in the offing. And we're going to get to that here in a second. So what does that mean for us? It means for us, we need to be prepared for this time. We need to be prepared for the fact that we may not have access to certain things like we used to. It also means we have to change our mindset as Americans and realize that God has put us in this time for exactly this moment. And we need to be helping each other. We need to be encouraging each other. We need to be standing on those things that made this nation great. Christianity, the Constitution, and courage. And that brings us now to the good versus evil segment. Oh my goodness. This is an incredible story. I'm, I'm so excited to talk about this. But a street preacher, Pastor Hans Schmidt, Outreach Director for Victory Chapel in Glendale, Arizona, was shot in the head while preaching the gospel before the evening service of his church. He was able to get into his car, drive back to the church, and even started to unload the sound system back into the church before his family saw his condition and brought him to the hospital. Initial reports said that he was inoperable and that the wound was, quote, devastating. You can see right here when it happened. I mean, this is active persecution, by the way, inside the United States of America, just so we're all clear on that. But then, interestingly enough, people prayed. And God moved. Pastor Schmidt right now is making a miraculous recovery. Let's hear the testimony from his wife, because it's been about two, min two months since he was shot, and he is now awake. Roll the clip. I honestly think it's people's prayers, you know, like, that's the only way I can explain it. Because there's been moments where I'm like, how am I this okay? And then even just hearing the detective say, like, we'll know more after the autopsy. It's like, what? There's no other way to explain it. Wow. Like, like how, the ugliness that I would see and just the peace that I had. I remember just, like, when he was in the ICU, like, I'm, say, everything's going to be all right. Like, how do you say that when everything does not look all right? <laughs> wow. That's an amazing story. A lot of articles coming out about it right now. We don't have to accept the works of the enemy. In fact, Jesus Christ came to destroy the works of the enemy and gave us all authority over all the power of the enemy, Luke ten nineteen. By the way, that's what's inside this little circle there where it says dominion. You know, I have people asking, why do you have dominion on there? Well, because dominion was very important to God. 
and it's very important to our reading of the scripture. We don't have to accept the way the enemy attacks us or what the enemy does to us. We don't have to accept that. In fact, the enemy is made to be tread upon, and that's what it says in Luke 10, 19, that we are given the authority to tread upon the lies of the enemy. We're given the authority to tread upon that spirit of death the enemy tries to bring against us. That's the symbolic nature spiritually of scorpions and snakes. And so kind of in a, in a more, in, in a joyous way, we can celebrate the fact that everything that is under Jesus's feet is also under our feet because we are seated with him in the heavenlies right now in our spirit. And so sometimes there is a manifestation of this on the earth. And we're going to bring a little humor to this. And I love dogs in case nobody knew. But dogs really show us sometime how we can you know, float above what the enemy is trying to do. Go ahead and roll it. Yes, that is a dog on a hoverboard right there. In fact, almost looks like a Labrador puppy. Now, if you are going through a hard time, if, if the enemy has been trying to punch you and knock you down, remember the enemy is beneath our feet. And you can confess that and stand on that word and tread on the enemy's head. And that brings us now to your daily intelligence briefing coming to us from the international front and the globalists. Oh my, the WEF is together. They're in session, as it were. And what's their, what is on their agenda? Well, take away our speech. That's what's on the agenda. When Americans finally see the poly crisis of doom as a coordinated battle plan to destroy them and their country, it will be too late to undo the personal damage much less the damage to freedom and liberty. So they bring up a good point, the editors at Technocracy News. We need to stand up now. And the fact that they're challenging our free speech also means we are winning. The World Economic Forum has announced that misinformation is the number one threat to the world. But what they really mean is that the truth is the top threat to their evil agenda, explains Alex Newman, who is going to be on the show here in a little bit. And why I want to bring this up right now, the way to defeat color revolutions, I'm going to keep saying this, the way to defeat color revolutions is for millions of people to stand up and be speaking the truth wherever God has planted you, your business, your church, uh, your neighborhood group, a barbecue, a restaurant, doesn't matter, be preaching the truth in love. And that is the way that color revolutions are defeated. That is why they have to try to silence us, because the truth has already won. And that brings us to the China front. Coming to us from Indo-Pak News, Philippines plans on military upgrades to disputed South China Sea outposts and those islands there. Manila will upgrade islands and acquire more ships to modernize its military amid tensions with China. Philippines has set its plans to develop islands and reefs in the South China Sea, that are subject to contested claims of China, but have been always really recognized as under the sphere of governance of the Philippines. These upgrades very likely will become flashpoints in the near future. So we're going to keep our eyes on this. And as China becomes more aggressive and their economy continues to take hits, 
We expect the likelihood of an invasion of Taiwan to come forward soon. I want to talk about this very quickly. The terrain of Taiwan is actually very mountainous in its interior. The east side of the, the island of Taiwan actually has very high cliffs and is almost impossible to invade as far as like a, a, a seaborne landing is concerned. There are some beaches, but those beaches are few and far between. And in addition to that, there are tunnels into those mountains. And on the west side, there is very choppy seas and very shallow waters, which makes it a very difficult place to land craft. So the Taiwanese have been practicing this for years, but it makes the Chinese Navy very susceptible to attacks by ship uh, anti-ship missiles that are man-portable or vehicle-portable, and anti-air that is man-portable and vehicle-portable, and anti-armor that is man-portable and vehicle-portable. So the Chinese have a very rough go there, but I want to just mention this, that the windows, and we talked about this on the show before, the windows for Chinese invasion are very narrow because of how rough the sea is and the geography of Taiwan. That goes also for other places in the South China Sea. So we're going we're gonna to dive into a little bit some of the geography that is keeping China in check right now. But I don't think that that's going to stop China here in the near future because they are hell-bent on expanding their empire. That brings us next into PAC News. And Liz Truss secretly lobbied ministers to expedite defense exports to China. You heard that right. The former UK Prime Minister's private correspondence revealed in documents obtained by Politico shows that she expedited defense exports that would be used against Taiwan. Can we stop funding our enemies? And that brings us next to OSINT Defender. U.S. quietly deployed a third carrier strike group to the Western Pacific. Aircraft carrier U.S. Theodore Roosevelt got underway Thursday to follow the Vincent Carrier Strike Group and the Reagan Carrier Strike Group. And this, again, in context, on the heels of the election in Taiwan, where the pro-independence party won. So, and by the way, just as a side note, in Taiwan, when they do elections, um, they actually have everybody look at the ballots as they're being counted. They're actually held up, paper copies. And it's so interesting, in about four or five hours, they had the results. wonder if we could do that here in the United States. And that brings us next to Indo-Pak news. China suffers first export drop in seven years with a 4.6% fall in 2023. China's youth unemployment rate also reached a record 21.3% in June 2023. And in addition to that, Beijing has also had to deal with the financial burden on local governments, a real estate market, crisis, real estate market crisis, and the threat of declining global demand for goods during the year. So, Clearly, the Chinese economy is contracting. But more than that, the youth unemployment rate, we, we track this, and there's a reason we track this, because the higher the youth unemployment rate, the more likely there is civil unrest in a country. So the Chinese also track these things. They also know these things. These aren't secrets. But this is another indicator 
that China would move on Taiwan sooner rather than later, and maybe even the Philippines as well. And that brings us to the Middle East front. Coming to us from War Mapper. A situational update in Gaza. The IDF has expanded control along the border and along the all Magazi camp in central Gaza. They have also continued gradual expansion of operations in southeastern Kanyunis. I want to talk about this right at the border of Israel and Egypt. There's a buffer zone called the Philadelphia Corridor. And the Israelis are now occupying that. That has created a lot of tension now with Egypt. And the Egyptians have said that if the Israelis occupied it, that is a red line. So we're going to keep our eyes on that as well as what is happening in Iraq and Iran, which brings us to WorldNet Daily. Hamas tunnels hundreds of miles longer than thought with 5,000 entry points. Israel believes the Islamists built up to 450 miles of subterranean terror infrastructure. This would be hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars. So the aid the United States sent to Gaza was used to build these tunnels. Why are we funding our enemies? And what's Hamas doing? I want everybody, if, if you don't believe Hamas has operated through the Muslim Brotherhood and other proxies here in the United States, I want you to go and look up something called the Holy Land Foundation trial, the largest terror financing trial ever successfully prosecuted in United States history. And see who's listed on there as unindicted co-conspirators. Because Hamas has actually been here in the United States, at least their proxies and related organizations, for a very long time. And that brings us next to open source intelligence, Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard. So Iran, hear me right now, struck, they called Israel's spy head, espionage centers, and gatherings of anti-Iran terrorist groups in Iraq on Monday. The IRGC said in response to the recent atrocities of the Zionist regime, Israel, causing the killing of commanders of the guards and of the Axis of Resistance, one of the main Mossad espionage headquarters in Iraq, Kurdistan region, was destroyed with ballistic missiles. I want you to understand... Now... Uh, Early reports said that some of these missiles struck U.S. facilities and potentially the U.S. consulate. Those ended up not being accurate. But I want to say very quickly that it was within about three miles of the U.S. consulate. And if you think about the missiles flying in the direction of travel, you're talking now hundreds of yards. And that's the proximity, how close we were to a massive war breaking out in the Middle East as the Iranians struck very close to U.S. facilities. So, this was a, a potential flashpoint, but it really appears if the, Isra if the Iranians are, are striking back against the Israelis, that this is now a broader regional war and Israel is poised to strike Lebanon, and maybe beyond. We will see here in the next couple of weeks. That brings us next to Visegrad 24 and the Islamic regime in Iran tonight killed one of Iraq's richest men. Well, who is the target? 
Well, two of these ballistic missiles from Iran hit his home in Erbil, Iraq. His wife and another two relatives were murdered too. He was targeted because he was facilitating trade with Israel. So that's who actually was the target last night and probably a couple of the uh, places that were used for storing things shipped to Israel as well. I'm sure we'll find out here in the next few days. And that brings us next to the Russia-Ukraine front. Coming to us from Disclosed TV, Germany's army is preparing for a Russian attack. Tens of thousands of German soldiers would be deployed according to a classified document. <laughs> Another leaked document obtained by Bild. The whole point behind this is the Germans now have joined the Swedes in saying that it looks like there may be a war with Russia. And that brings us next to an article posted by Jonathan Kahn. A Dutch commander-in-chief called on the Netherlands to prepare for war with Russia. So now Sweden, Germany, and the Netherlands all saying the same thing. And this is not just some random journalist or somebody. This is the Dutch commander-in-chief. It was the Swedish commander-in-chief. And then you have a secret document from the German military. What do they know that we don't? It looks like Europe very much is preparing for World War III. And that brings us now to South America. Former Chancellor of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Guatemala and current Congresswoman-elect Sandra Jovel denounces to the press that the current ambassador of the United States of America, everybody listen to this, in Guatemala summoned multiple congressmen of the Guatemalan Congress to his home to threaten them with withdrawing visas, even from relatives, also threatening them with their family businesses if they did not bend to vote in favor of the slate that supports the fraudulent former Samia party of the terrorist left that won elections through what they claim is electoral fraud proven by the entity researcher and through thousands of complaints from various political parties. If you think they're doing this in foreign countries, but not here, is dangerously naive. But it just shows once again what the Biden regime is doing to destabilize the world and the United States. And that brings us next to J. Michael Waller. Even though militants waved the black banner of jihad, hurled objects at police, and tried to tear down a White House fence last week, all in support of a designated foreign terrorist group, the Secret Service made no arrests associated with the march. And yet... Political prisoners exist here in America who peacefully protested in general. And the video evidence now is coming out regarding that. Why are they not going after actual violent protesters? Why? And violent protesters who, by the way, are supporting a foreign designated terrorist group. It's a great question, J. Michael Waller. But another reason I think that Trump won in Iowa yesterday. And that brings us next to open source intelligence. The Pentagon has released its first ever national defense industrial strategy document outlining moves it hopes to make in order to shore up supply issues. Yeah, it's about time. Here's the short version of this. Strategic uh, priorities in the supply chain, product services and technology needed now in the future at speed, scale, and cost. Here's the, here's the short answer to dealing with this. 
get out of the way of the American manufacturing sector, get out of the way of the American entrepreneur, unleash the entrepreneurial spirit of, of Americans right now, retool. Take back the manufacturing infrastructure that has been languishing in places like Detroit and ramp up production here in the United States instead of offshoring it to foreign countries. Super easy. And in, within six months, you would see a massive turnaround in the United States of America. And I believe that that's coming. And that brings us to the National Pulse. Audio reveals Secretary of Defense Austin's staff tried to hide medical issue, asked ambulance to turn off lights and sirens. This audio recording obtained by the Daily Beast suggests that at least one close aide to the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, conspired with Austin to hide his condition from the White House and the public at large. Folks, this is a gigantic issue. Remember, he is one of the people who has to give authority regarding nuclear launches. And the fact that nobody knew where he was... Wow. And oh, by the way, the second in command was on a beach in Puerto Rico. Wow. That brings us next to Gateway Pundit. Catching the fraud. Check my vote. Investigators uncover fake Michigan addresses on the voter rolls. One address had 19 registered voters. Eight of them voted in 2020 and the 2022 elections. We have actually seen this all over the country where you have one house that has all these addresses. They all vote. Um, and as the story goes, people go up there and maybe the house is abandoned or maybe only a few people live there. So a lot of questions with this being raised right now. And we're going to go ahead and post that up on the thread here in a little bit. And that brings us now to the Iowa caucuses yesterday. People waited for hours in six inches of snow just in New Hampshire today to see Trump and Vivek Ramaswamy who dropped out yesterday and endorsed Trump, but we're going to get to that here in a second. That is the measure of the resolve of patriotic Americans to see this country restored. That is it. To see Jesus Christ as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the King of America again. And I think this should encourage everyone listening to the show today that we're not alone. People are coming out. They're willing to sacrifice to see the United States of America and freedom and liberty continue for another generation. Which brings us to Raw's alert. Trump won every county in Iowa except one. He won with 51%. This is a landslide. I, it, historically, no one has won by more than 12 points. It's incredible. This is, this is America right here. And as a result of that, coming to us from the Western Journal, not only did Vivek Ramswamy drop out of the race and endorse Trump, but former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson dropped out of the Republican primary on Tuesday. But it doesn't look like he has endorsed Trump, at least as of the show. So it's interesting. I, I'm still very cautious regarding Vivek, and I think we all should be. I've just seen too many shenanigans in politics, especially surrounding President Trump. So 
What the Iowa caucus tells us? Well, this is a very good sign that Americans not only have woken up, but they're willing to go out, they're willing to sacrifice to make sure that this country is restored. And that brings us to the local front coming to us here in Spokane on Thursday, the Holy Spirit Comforter Conference with Dr. Emmanuel Ziga, Mish Fomenko, and Andre Shapoval, yours truly, and others. Saturday morning, nine, I'm sorry, Thursday morning, 9.30, Friday morning, 9.30, Saturday morning, 9.30, and then at 7 o'clock each night, there are going to be speakers, there's going to be ministry time, look forward to seeing you all there, it's going to be down at the Spokane Convention Center, again, the Holy Spirit Comforter Conference, coming to Spokane this Thursday, starting with the leadership breakfast, but everybody's a leader, everybody's invited, 9.30 at the Convention Center, I look forward to the fellowship time and the networking and the connections. But these conferences are always fantastic and they always bring just a refreshing and a renewing and a deepening of our relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is the briefing. Remember, the antidote to dependency and socialism is to be a God-fearing, self-reliant, freedom-loving American. And thank you to everybody that's been praying for us. Thank you to everybody that's been praying for the country and continue to pray for our leaders. Uh, we need to do that regardless. But that brings us next to our guest today, Alex Newman. He's the founder and CEO of the Liberty Sentinel and one of the best journalists of our time. He is soon to release a book. It might actually already be out, Indoctrinating Our Children to Death, Government Schools, The War on Faith, Family, and Freedom, and most importantly, How to Stop It. Alex Newman, it is always a pleasure to have you on Patriot Radio. Blessings to you. How are you doing, my friend? Awesome. Uh, I, I actually don't have audio coming in my ears from you, uh, but I just want to ask you a couple questions quickly about your new book. Uh, let's start here. I think that, you know, educating the next generation is so critical. It, it is, you have a heart for it. I've got a heart for it as well. I think every church should have a school, but what prompted you to really write this book? And Sawyer, if we can get the audio going. Yeah, Alex, I'm, we, we lost the audio for some reason. So I can see you, but I cannot hear you. So you can, it sounds like you can hear me right now. Okay. Did you figure it out, Sawyer? Okay. We're going to try to reconnect, Alex, and then we'll bring you right back on. I want to talk very quickly about this idea of every church having a school. Um, even if you've only got 20 people, even if you've got 40 people, every church should have a school. There's more than enough need out there. We have, we have a government school system right now that cannot handle students that are needing more than just a plug-and-play education system. In fact, there are a lot of students who are right now just struggling with pornography on their phone. They're struggling with 
uh, just the, the, the abuse maybe they've suffered in life. And so we have to take a different approach to that. And there's a spiritual solution to a lot of these problems. And that solution is Jesus Christ. And it's also deliverance. It's also healing. And so school now is taking on a completely different look, and that's why every church really should have a school. It's not just enough to have a homeschool co-op, all right? And we should do those. I love those. But this should be an integrated way of life for the church in America. All right, Alex, do we have you on now? Uh, check, check. One, two, oh, three, there we go. Back. Awesome. So let's, let's talk about your new book. Indoctrinating Our Children to Death, Government Schools, War on Faith, Family, and Freedom, and How to Stop It. What prompted you to write this, and what, you know, what are you seeing around the country right now? Well, thank you so much, first of all, for having me, Matt. It's a blessing to be on the program. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to come on here. And so I, I started this book, um, you know, I, I, education has been my key issue for over a decade now. And that happened when I realized that this was the issue on which all other issues depend. If we get this one wrong, we're going to lose on every other front. We're going to lose our country. We're going to lose our freedoms. Uh, free speech is going to be gone. They're going to keep massacring babies. Uh, they're going to accelerate and, and escalate persecution of Christians. So all these other issues tie right back to education. I started digging into this uh, when I first heard rumblings about the possibility of national standards. Uh, this was back in uh, 2010 or so. Yeah, the word common core wasn't even in common usage yet. And so I started writing about this, started picking up on it. I eventually connected with Dr. Samuel Blumenfeld. He and I wrote Crimes of the Educators together. I, I read everything he ever did. Uh, actually, the book is dedicated to him. He, uh, he was one of those real researchers, right? He would go into the old dusty university archives and into the libraries, dig out the old correspondence between these people and see what they had to say. So all that led to me making education a central focus of everything that I'm doing. And then um, the Epic Times asked me to start writing a series on education. I had met with uh, Yanya Kellick and Josh Phillip at um, one of Phyllis Schlafly's events. And uh, they encouraged me to start writing a series for the Epic Times. So that's what I did. Uh, part of this book is, uh, is taken from that, a big part of this book. And uh, the reason I decided to do this is because there's this pervasive mythology out there, Matt. Um, and, and you'll hear this by some of the best conservatives in America. The public schools are broken. We've got to fix them. We've got to take them back. <laughs> and you know, I, I love the folks that say that, but you know, with all due respect, there's nothing to take back. They were never ours to begin with. And so what I did in this book is I showed the history, the people who designed this system, the people who dreamed it up, the people who created it, the people who control it to this day have always said that their mission was to fundamentally transform America. Their mission was to turn Americans away from God, away from the Bible, away yep. from the foundations of our constitution. And until we get that part right, until we recognize that this is not something to be reformed or fixed or taken back, it's something that needs to be, uh, that, that our children, first of all, need to be protected from. And second of all, something that needs to be entirely dismantled. We're fighting a losing battle. Uh, I think the education establishment, Matt, probably laughs all the way to the bank as they see millions of dollars pouring into you know school board races and things like this, as we spin our wheels and we're going to take back the schools. We've been doing it for 60 years. It's, it's not going to be any different this time around. We've got to protect the children. And so that's why I wrote this book, Matt. And, and I love the, the analogy actually with currency, the good currency will actually drive out bad. It's not about, it's not about transforming the existing bad currency. It's about a new currency that drives out the bad. And that's really what we're talking about here. There has to be a new education system, a new approach, a new mindset, and that will drive out the bad. An alternative that people are going to say, you know, that's better than what we've been dealing with. 
Absolutely, Matt. And, and, and I think what you just said is the essence of what conservatives and Christians need to understand now. Um, we don't want to I, I compare the school system to like a, a cancer. Right. You would be absolutely absurd to talk about fixing your cancer, reforming your cancer, making your cancer better, doing some policy <laughs> tweaks. It's foolishness. Right. The cancer is going to kill you. You've got to get rid of the cancer. And so, um, you know, we need to understand that that is what we are dealing with here. And, and, and I think we need to ask ourselves some really fundamental questions, Matt. And this applies to homeschoolers. This applies to Christian schools. Uh, over the last century and a half, we have completely lost sight of what education even is. And so uh, I, I actually have been traveling uh, around the country. I just got back from Puerto Rico yesterday, uh, teaching on, among other things, what is the purpose of education? I think we have to go back to the very beginning. You ask uh, even well-meaning Christian educators today, what is the purpose of education? And they will give you an answer that is flat out wrong from a biblical perspective. Education is not to make you successful. It's not to get you a good job. It's not even to give you skills. The main purpose of education, if you go to the Westminster Catechism, it's the, the same as the chief end of man. It is to glorify God, right? <laughs> That's the main purpose of education. Um, the other things come naturally, right? If you want to glorify God properly, you go to the second answer in the Westminster Catechism. How do you do it? Well, you got to have the word of God to be able to understand how you do that. So if you want to read the word of God, you need to know how to read. So all these other things that we think of as education will be added naturally. But we have to start at the basics again. What is the purpose of education? What is a true education? look like. And, and we need to start from scratch. We need to start from scratch. And I, I love that you said that because it's more than just learning numbers and spelling. It is also learning how to walk in the path that God has for us in our lives, period. And th this, this has really been a barrier. At least I've found it as a barrier, just talking to different people. Everybody wants to talk about, well, they need to get a career. They need to go to college. They need to do Candidly, is college really that beneficial today? I mean, look at all the colleges. There's a handful that are great colleges, but is it really that beneficial to America today? It's not. It's a dumpster fire, and, and everybody who's been paying any attention knows that. Uh, and, and we need to understand that. And you're, you're absolutely right to point this out. The purpose of education is not to get you into a good college. Um, you know, if you need to get certain technical skills to be able to be a doctor or an engineer to get a law degree, you know, it, it maybe is a necessary evil. And you're right, there are a handful of very good ones. But ultimately, we have to go back to, to truly the fundamentals. And, you know, in the Bible, we have really everything that we need for building a solid system on a solid foundation. I mean, God doesn't prescribe how many credit hours of science you might need to have a well-rounded education, but he gives us the basics, right? In Proverbs 1-7, in Proverbs 9-10, he tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. In Colossians, we, we learn that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found in Christ. So, so that's really the foundation of it. And if you build it on a foundation of sand, as, as we have today, a foundation of lies, uh, wickedness, perversion, uh, absurdity, then of course you're going to produce poison fruit like what we see today. I mean, we're at the point now where kids are killing each other, they're killing themselves, they're chopping off their, their private parts, uh, believing that that's going to make them their true selves. They're aborting uh, your grandchildren. And, uh, you know, why are we surprised that a system that, was, that came from a poison seed is producing poisonous fruit? 
Um, and, you know, again, we got to go back to the scriptures. We got to go back to what worked in this country, right? Uh, prior to the advent of government schools, people don't realize this. These are a relatively new innovation. Uh, but prior to the advent of government schools, Americans were the best educated people on the planet, right. bar none, without even a close second. We had almost 100% literacy in huge parts of the country, and the government didn't spend one penny on education. It was primarily homeschooling. Mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, big brothers, big sisters, aunts and uncles, and then supplemental role then for the church and, and almost all the church denominations ran their own school systems. That's what we need to get back to, a non-system, parents in charge, and then free market forces and the churches playing a supplemental role to what the parents are doing. Yeah, the primary textbook was the Bible. I know that just freaks people That's out right. when I say that, right? <laughs> but I want I want hundreds to of years. Hundreds of years. Yeah, it wasn't just this one-off or something. They used it for 20 years. Ah, it was for hundreds of years. And and let's talk a little bit about this. What does this practically look like for us to reclaim, and I would say reform in the sense of we're going to occupy the space of education now as, as as Christians, as patriots in this country. How do we do this? Well, when we were having a little bit of a mic trouble there, um, you you, I think, hit the nail on the head. Matt, we've got churches all across this country, thousands of churches all across this country that are empty with nothing going on for five, sometimes six days a week. Those are all potential schools where Christians could be getting a really proper education for their children. So I think that's step one, right? First, we need parents to understand the threat, right? We, and, and so I say here we have a two-pronged approach. We, I mean, we, we don't want to scare people into making the right decision, but we do need to make parents aware of the consequences of continuing to send their children to this system. It's like playing Russian roulette, but you got five rounds in the cylinder instead of one. You're almost guaranteed you're going to lose your kids. They're going to become Marxist, transgender, communist. Uh, uh, they're going to hate God. They're going to hate you. They're going to want to tear down the country. So we've got to tell them what is happening in the public schools. And then on the positive side, we've got to explain to them, here's what God teaches about education. Here's what God says is your responsibility in terms of the discipleship and the raising and the upbringing of your children. That's step one, right? We need pastors to preach, elders to teach, uh, churches to explain what God's word says about education and what the world is doing right now in terms of education so that parents then will make the right decision. Once they've made the right decision, that's where we need to all come together. And, and you mentioned several really good options. I believe churches ought to be operating Christian schools. I believe parents ought to be creating homeschool co-ops. I believe uh, any, any parents who can ought to be seriously exploring the possibility of home education, especially if there are no good Christian schools around. And, and we need to allow the free market to innovate here. You know, the different church denominations can try different approaches, different yeah. curriculum providers can provide different curricula. And that's one of the great things about the free market is when you get the government out, the best will rise to the top and the worst will go by the wayside. And so good curriculum providers, good Christian schools will get more students, will get more dollars from parents, bad curricula, bad schools will go by the wayside and will go broke. And uh, praise the Lord, it works out very, very well. And, uh, you know, it, it's a long process. Of course, this is not going to happen overnight. Matt, you and I both know that, but better late than never. Now's a good time to start. Start with your own children, start with your own family, and then work your way out from there. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. The, the The idea of reforming Christian education or just our mindset here, you know, a lot of people don't even know that there needs to be a reformation. But if we do this, there also has to be this addressing of the issue of discipleship, real, true discipleship. How do you think that that fits in in this education paradigm? 
Uh, that's a great question, Matt. And I think this is something that every Christian ought to be asking themselves right now. Uh, I believe education is inextricably tied to discipleship. I don't think you can have education without discipleship. I don't think you can have discipleship without education. And you know, one, one of the first and, and really clear teachings on this issue comes from Deuteronomy. Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and in Deuteronomy chapter 11, God's instructions are very clear. Parents, you are to be teaching your children about God and his laws and his word all the time. When you wake up in the morning, when you sit down to eat, when you're walking by the way, when you lay down at night to go to bed, at all times, parents, you are to be discipling and educating your children. And that takes a lot of different forms, right? You, you go to the zoo and you teach them about God's creation of the animals. Uh, you go to uh, uh, some cool geographical formation, some cool geological formation. You teach them about God's creation of the earth. Um, you're, you're engaged in business. You teach them about how God's uh, mathematical system is perfect. So there's always these opportunities. And, and I think there has been a, a very dangerous separation of discipleship and education where parents think, well, I'm just going to trust the government to do the education part <laughs> right. and they'll just do the neutral subjects and then all have the Sunday school one hour a week do the discipleship part. No, 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 you got it wrong, right? Parents, first of all, you're responsible for the discipleship. The church is there to equip the saints not to disciple your children. That's your job, mom and dad. Uh, you know, the church should play a supplemental role there and the church should equip parents to help disciple their children. But uh, you know, when, when you try to separate, separate discipleship from education, you end up with the fiasco, the existential crisis that we're dealing with now, especially when you entrust the education and the discipleship of your children to a godless pagan government that, among other atrocities, is massacring millions of children with your tactics. I mean, these are the people you're going to trust to disciple your children. And yeah, I've heard all the, the responses, Matt, and I'm sure you have too. Well, you know, who's going to be salt and light in the public school if right. I don't send my eight-year-old daughter? Uh, sorry, folks, uh, we don't send our eight-year-old daughters to the enemy's training camp for the same reason we don't send our eight-year-old daughters to Afghanistan or Iraq with M16s. They're not prepared yet. They need to be discipled first. Then they go out into battle. They go out into battle after. I 100% agree. And I want to talk about this existential crisis that's being uh, uh, added to by the World Economic Forum right now, the wannabe uh, German uh, dictator uh, Klaus Schwab, who or we should also call, call him the Honorary Professor of Foreign Affairs uh, from Beijing. Uh, that's on his website. I just read that directly. They're meeting this week, and Alex— these are two alternative realities. That's the only way I can really say it. They they see your speech, they see my speech as the most dangerous problem in the world, and they label it misinformation because they don't agree with it. So again, we educate our kids, then they get out into a world like this, and they gotta they gotta face the likes of Klaus Schwab. What happens next? What, what should they be doing? How should we even integrate into the educational process how to deal with once they get out into the world like that? That's a great question. And uh, Klaus Schwab is uh, really a, a caricature. And he, I, I always tell people he, he's not the, the head of the pyramid, right? He's not the top of the pyramid. He was recruited by uh, Henry Kissinger, who almost certainly is rotting in hell right now, who was recruited by David Rockefeller, who also is almost certainly rotting in hell right now, who was recruited by Satan. And so you've you got the, the kind of chain of command there. But when your children have received a proper education, 
they can easily see through these lies, right? When you learn to think biblically, when somebody says something idiotic, like Klaus Schwab is always saying, like, you will own nothing and you will be happy. Uh, you know, th th this stuff is, is so obviously ridiculous to somebody who's thinking biblically that you just laugh it off. Right? Uh, and, and that's one of the th great things about a real education is these are children then who are thinking uh, who are using logic, who are reasoning from the Bible, who are reasoning and, and processing evidence to see whether it's credible. And so then when you have institutions and individuals and organizations clearly with an agenda from the pit of hell, um, you know, people look at that who have a good education, who have a good biblical foundation and say, that, 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 that's crazy, right? We don't want to participate in that. That's ludicrous. Uh, and, and I believe that's how we ended up in this uh, mess that we're in right now in the first place, Matt. If, if we had not allowed four, maybe five generations of Americans to be indoctrinated and dumbed down by this diabolical system called the public school system, um, we wouldn't be in this mess. I mean, everybody would look at Klaus Schwab and we would point and we would laugh at, you know, God laughs at them, Psalm 2. Uh, and so we would laugh and say, what kind of crazy stuff are you talking about, man? Um, and so that's what we really need to get back to. And this is really the loving answer to all of society, right? I mean, all children should actually have an education and discipleship so that they can live out their destiny. That's the loving response to all of these things. It doesn't matter if the child's grown up in an abusive house or not. They should all have this. And I would like you to address that part that, that sometimes when we talk about these issues, people perceive it maybe as radical or something like that, when it actually is all about loving kids in the most real, effective way possible. Uh, there's no question about it. And if you love your children, you don't want them to be ensnared in this system, right? I mean, just look at the government's own numbers across the spectrum. Nobody who seriously loves their child would want to put their child through that. If you look on the academic front, the, the National Assessment of Educational Progress, and we talk about this in the book, shows that less than one third of the victims of government schools are even proficient in any core subject, English, That's math, crazy. reading, wow. writing, science, I mean, not, less than one third. Imagine that in any other industry. I mean, these people will be hauled off to jail for fraud, right? And the government school says, give us more money. We say, okay, um, one in 10 students, according to a study by the U.S. Department of Education, one in 10 victims of government schools have been victims of sexual abuse at the hands of staff, teachers, and, and uh, administration staff sexually abusing these kids. What kind of maniac would want to subject their children to that knowing these numbers? So if you love your children, you want to raise them in the way that God has called you to raise them. You want to raise them to love beauty, to love truth, to seek truth. You want to raise them uh, to have meaning and purpose in life and, and true, genuine purpose, not like I'm going to save the climate or save the polar bears. Right? Uh, I mean, that's a, a silly fake purpose. And so if you do love your children, you have a responsibility to follow God's command in terms of raising them. Now, let's talk really quick before we end the show about the, the World Economic Forum. Uh, what can people expect out of this? Well, you pointed out that uh, they have publicly declared now that the top threat to the world is our speech, <laughs> misinformation. And uh, by misinformation, they actually mean true information that exposes the evil agenda that we're pursuing, true information that exposes the, the plans that we are pursuing. Uh, and again, I'm reminded of Psalm 2, right? The kings of the earth, the rulers conspire together. Mm. Some translations say they take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed. Uh, that's what they're doing right now, right? That, that's literally what's happening in Davos right now. The kings of the earth and the rulers are conspiring together against God, against God's chosen one, Jesus Christ, against God's people. 
But know, uh, brothers and sisters, that God is in heaven. It tells us in verse 4, he's on his throne. He is laughing at these fools. He is ridiculing them. And next up, it says he's going to speak to them in his wrath. You do not want to be a part of that. And so you can guarantee, you can guarantee they're going to come out with a new program to wage a jihad against our free speech. Uh, they're also threatening us now with disease X, which somehow amazingly they know is going to be 20 times more deadly than COVID. Uh, so watch out. Um, you know, they're, they're working right now on this fundamental transformation that uh, Klaus Schwab first announced in the summer of 2020, the so-called Great Reset. So they're coming up with all these things. They're bringing the big business community to the table on reshaping the world, Agenda 2030. And of course, you and I both know, Matt, that there's a big religious component to this. Um, they've got the UN of Religions, the Religions for Peace in league with the right. UN, in league with the World Economic Forum. And so they need to be exposed, right? As Ephesians 5.11 tells us, we should have no fellowship with these unfruitful works of darkness, but we must expose them and we must reprove them. And um, watch, folks, pay attention to what they're doing. They're plotting your future for you right now. You have an obligation to stand against this wickedness, just like Elijah stood up to King Ahab, just like Moses stood up to Pharaoh, just like the apostles stood up to the religious and civil authorities when they were commanded not to preach in the name of Jesus. Uh, we have that same obligation today to rebuke this wickedness, expose this wickedness, and to continue to stand on the truth. Alex, where can people go to find your book? Uh, LibertySentinel.org right now is taking pre-orders. If you go to LibertySentinel.org forward slash shop, um, we'll send you a signed copy. It's being printed uh, right now. It'll be shipped out in the next few days. And then uh, people can also sign up for the newsletter there. It's at LibertySentinel.org. All of our uh, COP28 reporting, of course, is at TheNewAmerican.com. And uh, thank you very much for having me on the program, Matt. It's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure, Alex. God bless you and keep up the fight. God bless you, brother. Alex Newman. His new book, Indoctrinating Our Children to Death, Government Schools, The War on Faith, Family, and Freedom, and most importantly, How to Stop It. Now, if you have never heard of Alex Newman before, I can't believe that you might not have heard of Alex Newman before. Um, he's been interviewing all of the big <laughs> all of the big personalities here recently, including Alex Jones, and been on Alex Jones' show, actually, not interviewing, but on Alex Jones' show. And and I think that this is this is the key component. People think we're missing something. We're missing. This is the key component is the education of our children. And it is to train them up in the way that they should go. So when they are older, they no longer depart from it. This is discipleship and education. And I'm going to repeat a couple of these quotes here because they were so wonderful. The purpose of education is to glorify God. The Bible must be the primary textbook and education must have discipleship and discipleship must have education. What a, a call for all of us as Christians and patriots in the United States of America right now in this time. And as we approach the galvanizing moment here in this country, be encouraged. Iowa yesterday, Trump wins all counties but one, 98 out of 99 counties. And people are waiting in the snow today in New Hampshire Looks like that's going to be encouraging as well. God has put us here for this time. He has he's crafted our destiny for this time, for this moment. And tonight in prayer, ask God, where do you want me? What do you, where do you see me in your kingdom? And when he tells you where he wants you, obey him, obey his command, and move into the place that he has 
the strategic position that he has for you. This year is going to be a year of exposing evil. This is a season of wars and rumors of wars, but it's also a season of revival and reformation. And for every time and for every season, God has put people in place so he will be glorified, he will be honored, and he will be praised. There is no plan of the enemy that can come against the plans of God. There is no plan of the enemy that God is finding as a surprise. There is no scheme, no wickedness devised in the hearts of men that God is going to be overwhelmed by. And we really are in a Psalm 2 time, a time where we can glorify God, but we can also rejoice with him that the plans of the enemy are being crushed, that the plans of the enemy are falling to naught, and the plans of the enemy actually are going to be turned against the enemy himself, and that God is going to use us as his vessels to help do that. So as we move into this 2024 year, stand on the foundation when the storm comes and the house will not be swept away. This is Matt Shea. Thank you so much for joining me on Patriot Radio today. May God bless all of you. He is making this generation the greatest one. The awakening is here. Keep up the fight.